This is the Swan Song Financial Show with Kevin and Michael Anthony from Golden Years Financial Advisors. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Kevin and Michael provide their clients and prospects with the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is the Swan Song Financial Show with Kevin and Michael Anthony. Hello, and welcome back to the Swan Song Financial Show. This is Kevin Anthony. And I'm Michael Anthony. And we're thrilled that you've joined us here again today. We've got a fun session going on today, so get your thinking hats on. We're going to talk about a little bit about taxes, but we're with Golden Years Financial Advisors. We'd love to hear from you, so our phone number here is 574-968-SWAN. That's 574-968-7926. You can also contact us uh, through our website, uh, you can hear us on a lot of different forums out there, Google Play, Spotify, a lot of our past shows uh, on there. So queue them up. There's some good information. And one thing we talk about a lot, Michael, is taxes. And you know what? This is tax preparation time. Uh, people are getting their taxes done from 2020. So there's some things out there they need to be aware of. I couldn't agree more. I'm going through mine as well, and it's uh, it's that time of the year. It's everyone's favorite time when Uncle Sam's hand decides to come on in. That is true, and we've always said, what, there's two different tax codes, right? The informed and the ill-informed, and we're here to help you keep informed on taxes and possible deductions and credits, uh, and that's what the show is going to be about today. So we're actually going to talk a little bit in detail, so don't get lost with us. Uh, their tax code is uh, considerably difficult to follow, but we're going to try to highlight some things. Uh, we're primarily, primarily going to look at three different areas here, Michael, today, and that's people in their 50s and 60s. Uh, the second category is going to be people who are self-employed. Important to understand the self-employed benefits you can get. And the final category we're going to talk about is just tax breaks that are for every Everybody. So I think everybody's going to pull something away here today. Yep, I couldn't agree more. And I, I like the way that we're going to break it down today. So definitely tune in and kind of really pay attention to that specific category. If you want to stop afterwards, that's up to you. But definitely tune in for the category that involves you. And then the last category as well, where we're talking about tax breaks per, for pretty much everyone. So make sure you have your listening ears ready for the one that involves you, and then the last one. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, you may have already filed your taxes this year. Uh, that's fine. And you may hear something here, especially if you're like self-employed, uh, that may pertain or you have some chi uh, children and there's a couple credits out there, just making sure you got them on your taxes. If you do not have those on your tax forms, what you already filed, you can file an amended tax return to pick up those credits. So uh, even if you file today, don't tune out because there's some information here. And also this information is going forward for 2021. So if you missed a few things in 2020, don't miss them in 2021. So where are we going to start, Michael? Yeah, so let's go ahead and start about tax breaks for folks in their 50s and 60s. Good, that's mine. <laughs> I'm not quite there yet. Um, so there was a recent U.S. News and World Report article called 10 Tax Breaks for People Over 50. And it has some really good information, so please feel free to take a look at that. It'll We're going to highlight some of those points that are brought up in that article. Um, but 
50s and 60s is definitely where a lot of benefits really start to come around. I mean, you're not necessarily moving as fast as you were in the 20s anymore. So this is a good part <laughs> is when it comes to taxes. Um, a couple of the really biggest things I'd say, like the number one highlights you see out of that is once you're over age 65, you actually get a larger standard deduction. And on the flip side, when you're over age 50, you can put more money into an IRA or into 401k plan, so on and so forth. So, you know, that that, that age range right there, there are definitely some good benefits. Yeah. And Michael, that uh, idea, let's break it down here. Let's break it down a little bit here for let's take a look at that standard deduction. And Michael, where did the standard deduction increase really come from? What what really enhanced that? Okay. So on top of the standard deduction that everyone already has, which is that $12,400 of a standard deduction. And then of course, if you're married filing jointly, it doubles that. So that 24,800. So now if you are a senior and that's what the tax code considers to be age 65 or older, there's an added benefit as well. So the current standard deduction for seniors is $1,650 more than that deduction. And that's if they file as an individual, whereas married couples can bump up their standard deduction by $1,300 per spouse. So that's $2,600 together if they're both over the age of 65. Yeah, excellent. And that standard deduction, that's what comes off of adjusted gross income before taxable income. So important things here, especially if you're over 65 uh, married even over 65 and you got an extra $2,600 on that standard deduction. Again, that comes off of adjusted gross income. And where the tax brackets come in on the tax forms is taxable income, not adjusted gross, but after deductions like the standard deduction. And then you have your taxable income. So that's a really nice benefit if you're over the age of 65. Uh, another nice benefit if you're over the age of 50, Michael, is the whole idea of the catch-up provisions. And catch-up provisions were shift gears a little bit away from that standard deduction over to qualified contributions. In other words, uh, contributions into like an IRA, and then we're talking a little bit about 401k, but also including a Roth, okay, is that what will happen is if you're over the age of 50, the IRS is saying, well, we want to help you catch up a little bit, okay, in your contributions. So instead of contributing $6,000 a year, Somebody like myself over the age of 50 to could contribute $7,000 a year to an IRA. That's a nice provision. If you do that over a, a number of working years, you have a real nice catch-up provision within that too. And also um, when you're looking at 401ks, that catch-up provision goes up quite a bit, doesn't it, Michael? Yeah, it absolutely does. Um, and that's one of the great benefits of 401ks is you can put more money into those than you can your individual IRA or Roth accounts. Uh, with your 401k, once you get 50 or older, you can put in $6,500 extra at that point in time as well. So if you're really trying to sock the funds away in those retirement accounts, it's a great benefit if you can afford to put that kind of funds away. Yeah, excellent. Excellent. That's why they call it catch up because hey, inflation catches up to us. And so we need to catch up in our contributions. So there's a couple of real highlights there for the idea of the standard deduction and the idea of the catch up provisions. Uh, and I know you, taxes can be a bit confusing and sometimes a little overwhelming. So we probably all have already lost a couple people with some numbers. But the idea is to know your taxes, know your tax structure, but work with a financial advisor that knows 
about taxes so they can help and guide and direct you. In fact, there's one place if you're over the age of 65, uh, there are some uh, different areas and different states that give you some relief out there when it comes to property taxes. And we're not going to go into specific details on that, but you need to know your state uh, regulations, if you will, for uh, some tax deductions and things like that when it comes to property taxes, again, being enhanced uh, over the age of 65. So uh, there's just a couple things in there. And I would simply say, don't get too confused. Work with a financial professional that can help you. Yeah, I could not agree with you more there, Kevin. Honestly, relying on other people eh, when it comes to complicated aspects like finances and taxes is absolutely important. It is very, very important. I mean, even ourselves, we know a lot about taxes, but you know, we still talk to other individuals. We consult with CPAs. We consult with other, you know, business owners. Like it is very important and it's very easy to overlook things here and there relying on qualified, knowledgeable individuals is extraordinarily important. Yeah, exactly. Great point to bring up. And I know here in our firm, like you said, we have some really strong strategic partners. Uh, We get probably a tax question every couple of weeks where it's not the normal. And uh, before we give any advice, we want to make sure, obviously, that we're accurate. So we bring in our tax professionals to help. So uh, we're that kind of a firm here that if you have a specific question, again, let us know. 574-968-7926. You can just give us a call and say, I've got a tax question. If we don't know it, we will find out the answer for you. Um, So please give us a buzz. Hey, today's show, Michael, again, we're three different areas. We're ages 50, 60, some of the breaks there. We've covered some of the highlights there. There's more. All right. Uh, Again, uh, there's a lot to taxes. There's more. It's working with a tax professional. But let's move into the self-employed area. For those of you that are self-employed, have a business that, you know, maybe you're just running out of your home, uh, but you have your own self-employed business. Uh, Let's talk about some of those tax breaks, Mike. Yeah, I think that'd be great. And then uh, another article for someone to look up if they're interested in it. And some of the points that we're going to highlight is actually from Investopedia. And the article is called 15 Tax Deductions and Benefits for the Self-Employed. There are a lot of benefits when it comes to taxes. When you're looking at it this way, of course, there's a lot of not so great benefits when you're self-employed as well. But in this, we're talking about the best way to take advantage of the tax code. So there are a lot of in-windows tax benefits out there specifically for the self-employed. I mean, honestly, some of the things people kind of forget to think about is even your internet and phone bills. That's something you can take advantage of as a self-employed individual. Just like you mentioned, a home office, that could be huge, especially considering during covid a lot of people are working at home. So taking right. a home office deduction is huge. Yeah. And again, when you're when you were looking at these, it's the business portion of those expenses. Let's be really clear here. Just because you have a phone bill for uh, for one hundred and fifty dollars doesn't mean you can deduct one hundred and fifty dollars if it's not if it's being used for both personal and for business, which most phones are. So again, in the way you do that, you sort of keep a percentage of time and utilize that for the percentage of the bill. But the same things with even utilities in the home, if you're taking a a deduction for a home office, uh, utilities, um, even some upkeep sometimes if you've got people visiting your home for your business. So just know those deductions. And that's what we're talking here with businesses are deductions from income. All right. Great place to start, if I may, and on the tax form is print off Schedule C. There's one for you, Schedule C. That is for the self-employed. 
on there. They'll have a whole listing of different things that you can deduct. One thing that people typically don't understand is the health insurance deduction. And that's a big one. If you're self-employed, uh, this is another area. Again, if you work with a financial advisor um, and tax person here uh, that you need to be aware of, you could be deducting your own health insurance premiums and even that particularly for a spouse's family too. Um, or your family and your spouse uh, could actually be deducted too as part of a business deduction because you're not working on a, a company that provides group health insurance. Now you got to be careful if you have one spouse that's being provided for group health insurance and you, the other individual is self-employed, you got to be careful on what you're deducting. You're not deducting group health insurance here through you maybe your spouse that has group health insurance. This is for the individual only and then if that individual does not have uh, other health insurance in place through a group insurance, then you can actually get into spousal and family deductions and even dental and vision deductions off that Schedule C. Yeah, you're, you're right. And one thing I do want to like point out and clarify is you can't qualify for your spouse's health insurance either. So if neither of you have group benefits, you can absolutely deduct all of it. If your spouse does have group benefits and you can be covered by that, it's going to change a little bit. Yeah. So again, that's an area that if you have confusion on, give us a call. Give us a call here too. Hey, one of my favorite things to do is uh, you know eat out and enjoy a little bit. Uh, Michael, can we take uh, deductions on meals? And I think there's been a big change here. Yes, we can. And the change is actually wonderful and super exciting. So this is a change that a lot of people haven't noticed yet. I mean, even talking to other self-employed individuals, business owners, so on and so forth. Previously, and in the year for 2020, I just want to emphasize that in the year of 2020 and before, we were only able to deduct 50% of meals. And, you know, that could be client entertainment, business meals, things along those lines. It can't be, well, you know, me and my buddies went out to the bar last <laughs> night and, you know, had some wings and beer. Like, it, it, you can't do that. The meals have to be for right. business purposes. Yeah. And But you were able to deduct 50% of that. But in the years of 2021 and 2022, you can actually deduct that entire meal 100%. And I, that is very, very exciting and news to our ears. You need to repeat that one, Michael, because some people may have just tuned out for a minute. And if you did tune out for a minute and you're self-employed, listen to this again. They were thinking about the wings and beers. Yeah, that's right. But yes, in 2021 and 2022, you can deduct 100% of your business meals. 100%. And that, that just came into action at the very beginning of 2021. So again, 2020, 50%. 2021, 2022, 100% can be deducted on those meals. Yeah, and a couple couple areas of caution here, if I may, real quick. Number one, uh, th this is going to be an IRS thing that they're going to watch. I know they will. All right. So if last year you had a thousand dollars worth of meals and this year all of a sudden you have five thousand dollars worth of meals uh Red flag. It, it better really be uh, noted and keeping good records on what those meals are so uh don't abuse this this is a benefit for some small uh, business employees out there to help through some of these difficult times so don't abuse it document document and document hey another area of, uh on that uh, concern if you will is travel and the reason i say concern is again document 
documentation because we know that travel for business is 100% deductible, but it needs to be for business. Okay. It has to be for business just because uh, you flew out to Vegas with your buddies and gave them a business card does not mean that that was a business travel. I wish. (laughs) Yeah. So again, these are informed and ill-informed. We're not talking about tax evasion. We're talking about talking about tax avoidance documented, but specific travel uh, when it comes to what you're engaging in business with. Okay. And it could be cultivating new clients. It could be servicing existing clients. It could be business meetings that are there to enhance your overall abilities. These things are deductible. Yeah. And those are expenses like, you know, flight tickets, hotels, and then of course meals like we already talked about. Right. And then another form of travel where we're not talking about, you know, flying out, out of state and so on and so forth is actually taking a deduction on your miles when yeah, you're driving that's a great around, one. right? I mean, that's a that's a very important deduction for people to take when you're driving a vehicle, your own personal vehicle, specifically for business reasons. There's a standard mileage deduction rate, actually, and right. that's for 2020, 57.5 cents per mile. So again, you got to kind of keep track of how far you're traveling, where you're traveling, so on and so forth. But right. for all those miles, you get a deduct. cents per mile. And that that really adds up, especially for individuals that drive a lot for work. And a lot of individuals are like that. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're talking if you drive 10,000 business miles, a tax deduction of $5,750 here. Now, again, know those rules. Everything is not business, okay? Everything is not business, and just because you put a magnetic sign on your vehicle doesn't mean necessarily with the IRS that it's business all the time. So know the know the IRS coding to this, know how it works. Commuting miles are back and forth to a particular location from your home are not business miles, okay? So again, know what business miles are, know what they are not. If that vehicle is available for personal use, you're not deducting 100% of those miles, uh, you're going to get audited by the IRS. But again, actual true business miles, if you're doing 20,000 miles a year traveling out there at 57.5%, that's great. Now in 2021, that's going to 56 cents a mile. Still fantastic. So know those deductions. Yeah. And then then one quick point I wanted to bring up about self-employment deductions and write-offs as well is I wanted to bring up education expenses because I feel like not many individuals know that. Right. Uh, But any education expense you want to deduct has to be related to maintaining your business or enhancing your skills in a way to improve your actual business practices. And then you can look into doing write-offs on that. Yeah, fantastic. And again, folks, if you need some information uh, here at Golden Years Financial Advisors, that's what we are. We're advisors. So call us, come sit down with us. If you're self-employed, let us know. A lot of this is uh, coming from personal information of being self-employed and having a couple corporations. So we do know some tax codes and we work very well with a a lot of tax advisors out here too. So give us a call, 574 968 7926 or visit our website goldenyears-advisors.com. What are we going to talk about here Michael as we wrap up the show? Yeah, so let's dive into the last section and we're just going to kind of talk about tax breaks in general. Uh you know, so this is the time to tune back in for everybody. It was easy to tune out during one of the two sections before if it wasn't relevant to you, but now is definitely the time to tune back in here. Um so go ahead and 
take us off. Yeah. And we like to reference articles a, a lot out there. So a Kiplinger article um, stated the 20 most overlooked tax breaks and deductions. 20 of them, most overlooked tax breaks and deductions. And the reason these deductions and tax breaks are there are to utilize. Now, one of the first things that it mentions in this list is out-of-pocket charity contributions. And uh, now, remember that charitable contributions are going to be on your uh, itemized deductions. All right. However, a lot of people pass up charitable contributions uh, think, oh, I just gave 50 bucks here or 50 bucks there. If, if you've given over 250, you need a receipt typically from the organization. But that $50 contribution, it's cash maybe. Keep track of that contribution. The other part that people miss a lot is what they do to prepare for things like somebody has a fundraiser and maybe they went out and spent, you know, three or four hundred dollars worth of food to prepare for a fundraiser for an organization that is a tax deductible expense. So charitable contributions. And something else I want to throw out is with coronavirus COVID going on, there actually has been some changes to when it comes to charitable contributions. There have been dollar for there is dollar for dollar deductions. You're right. Um, So take a look at that and take advantage of it, even though you might not be able to itemize enough to get above that standard deduction. It doesn't matter right now. Right, because you're still able to take that off. Absolutely, Michael. Thanks. I appreciate your uh, uh, confirming that particular point for us there. That helps a lot. Hey, one person uh, came in and uh, said, hey, I think I can uh, deduct my gambling losses, Michael. What do you think about that? Uh, Can they deduct a gambling loss? I mean, Yes. 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 Yes is the answer. Yes yes is definitely the answer. The reason I laugh is because this (laughs) just happened right before we came in. Yeah, Uh, about 20 minutes before we started this. (laughs) But you got to keep track of your winnings and your losses. You can only deduct your losses to the amount that you have won. You can't deduct $500,000 in losses and only have won 10 bucks. That's not how it works. So if I win... $4,000 $4,000 at the casino by chance or something like that. Um, and through the year, maybe I've lost $6,000. I could utilize that uh, 4,000 of those losses to help offset those uh, earnings. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. That makes sense. That makes sense. So yeah, that was a great one. Just came in. So we thought we'd better bring that one up. Uh, so people are starting to get out of their house from the COVID, obviously starting to hit the casinos too. <laughs> yes, they uh, are. What else do we have, Michael? Um, one thing I kind of want to dive in as we're wrapping up here a bit is when, when it comes to child care. Yeah, that's um, a big one. You, you can claim a tax credit rather than a deduction for child care and that may come with more advantages because it simply reduces your overall tax bill dollar for dollar and that's one thing i really want to clarify with individuals is that there is a big difference between a tax credit and a tax deduction it sure is so for example if you're in the 24 percent tax bracket and there is a deduction that means each dollar of deductions is equivalent to 24 cents of savings Right. Which isn't bad. I mean, I'll it's take that any day of the week. And sure. However, to pay less taxes, that's usually pretty good. Yeah. However, tax credits are dollar for dollar. So you get a free dollar back out of it. It's not even considered. Like that, that is awesome. If you can maximize either deductions or credits, you know, it completely depends on the situation. But for generally speaking, Credits are dollar for dollar, and those are really nice to have. So tax credits, when we talk about those tax credits are really important. And actually, some of the credits for child, uh, for children and stuff just went up 
uh, in a recent tax um, bill that went through too. So tax credits are bottom line credits, dollar for dollar, like Michael said. So know your difference between a deduction and a credit. Hey, and one thing is too here on this thing, Michael, is if your employer allows for childcare reimbursement through an account, so where you deduct uh, from your pay um, the expenses for childcare, um, take a look at that because that could actually reduce your income, which reduces your federal taxes, reduces your state taxes. Uh, and even when you're looking at that, when you're reducing income, so it's not federal and state, there's also that 7.65% that you pay on social security and a Medicare tax in there too. So if your employer offers an account for childcare reimbursement, take a serious look at it. If you have questions, you can give us a call here. We'll run some numbers for you of what's the best option, but know what your options are out there. So. Credits for dependents, Michael, is another thing we just talked about a little bit. Um, and this whole idea under the SECURE Act really changed uh, the way these credits for dependents really work. Um, and again, if you have childcare expenses, that's one thing. But maybe you've got um, older age children that don't need childcare. You can still get a credit of $500 for each one of those children that's your dependent and know what qualifies as a dependent. Okay, just so get to know what qualifies as a dependent. Also, one thing that changed, if you're taking care of an elderly parent, you can qual have a qualification for a tax credit on that elderly parent. That's a big change that just took place. So a lot of people out there are caring for some elderly parents, but you can actually get a tax credit again, bottom line, dollar for dollar credit. So those are tax credits and you need to do a little bit of homework in there. Um, find out who's a good financial professional to work with. We think we're about the best there is. So uh, <laughs> you wouldn't expect us to say anything less, but no, but please just give us a call out there. Um, and I, you know, Michael, there is another area that we're going to finish up on here. And this has to do with some of the children that are K through 12 in tuition and private tuition. And there were some nice changes that took place a few years ago. Yeah, so, so we're gonna kind of hit on section 529 plans. So at the beginning of 2020, that's when the SECURE Act was passed and it changed around different options for the section 529 plans. Um, so section 529 plans are great tuition saving tools. Right. They really have a lot of great benefits to them, especially on the state level for a lot of states. So this is different for every state, of course, but at least in Indiana where most of our clients are, if you contribute up to, let's say you contribute $5,000 to a 529 plan, you're going to get a thousand dollar credit on your state tax return. So it's 20% up to 5,000 con contributed yeah, state of in Indiana. a year in state of Indiana. So, so that's something great to take advantage of. If you're going to pay $5,000 anyways, well, put $5,000 in there, get a credit for a thousand bucks. And it's like you're using 4,000 to pay 5,000. That's just, that makes so smart. good, smart sense. Yeah. And it's like if you, and also, but if you have a child that's in a, a K through 12, this is one of those big changes in a private school. You can take out up to $10,000 out of that 529 plan to pay for that education. And again, you're getting you're getting those, some nice tax breaks for those contributions going in. So if you have four years, it's going to be $40,000. You make those contributions into your 529 plan, pull the funds out of those 529 plans for qualified educational expenses and get a yeah. nice tax break in doing that. So Absolutely. And then one thing the SECURE Act yep. also changed was that if like you have already graduated and you have student loans, there's a lifetime limit 
of 529 plan funds you can now utilize. You were not able to do that before. To pay off the loan. To pay off the loan. You can use up to $10,000, which is really, really nice. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Because again, money in 529 plans has to come out for qualified educational expenses. Correct. So this is a great way to get out to pay off some of the loans that are out there too. So again, these are just some things uh, within the tax codes that everybody can utilize. I know we've We've went through a lot of stuff. It can get confusing. And uh, again, just give us a call here if you want us to help through some of these different areas. But we appreciate you guys hanging in there with us when we talk about taxes and tax codes. And I think we've covered a lot here today, Michael. I think we have. So don't hesitate to ask a question. And honestly, as we mentioned before, if you have a question we can't answer, we're not going to hesitate to ask somebody else a question. That's that's what's important is having a team of people that you can always rely on. And taxes are very complicated Subject, just like financial planning in general, rely on a good team. You bet. Well, and uh, as we wrap it up, we feel like we're a good team here. Uh, This is the Swan Song Financial Show with Kevin Anthony and Michael Anthony. And we're with Golden Ears Financial Advisors. We'd love to have you give us a call at 574-968-7926 or visit our website at goldenears-advisors.com. Thank you for joining us and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Swan Song Financial Show. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Kevin and Michael Anthony at Golden Years Financial Advisors. Call 574-968-7926 or visit them online at goldenyears-advisors.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Advisory services are offered by Golden Years Financial Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor in the state of Indiana. Insurance products and services are offered through Golden Years Planning Services, Inc. and Anthony Financial Services affiliated companies. Kevin Anthony, Michael Anthony, Golden Years Financial Advisors, Inc. and Anthony Financial Services are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.